and truly in force. You are speaking to four of the smoothest boys around, and that is all thanks to our number one sponsor, Nutcare. Nutcare, proudly Australian, is taking down under grooming to the modern day man, voted number one by Men's Health magazine with Bare Nuts Pubic Hair Removal Cream. Nutcare is revolutionising male grooming as proud supporters. Of any given Sunday, as always, Nutcare is offering all our listeners 10% off their first orders. Simply use promo code any given Sunday at checkout and the discount will be applied. Nutcare, essential grooming for men. Brown 45! Brown 45! You are listening to Any Given Sunday Australia. Yes, hello and welcome to the Any Given Sunday Australia podcast, the number one podcast in possibly four households today. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> the Gridiron Australia head office, one studio, ABC head office, if that's a little bit of a giveaway, NFL Australia head office, worldwide, we're really trending everywhere. We have a, a special guest that we will get to, but it's been an absolute crazy week this week. Since our last episode, me and Danny on the uh, on the pod in the lab, we've had an epic Super Wildcard weekend. My Packers became the first seventh seed to win in a playoff. The greatest coach slash GM became a free agent. Mike Tomlin walked out on a press conference, which was amazing to watch. The strong NFC East is now completely wiped out of the playoffs, which possibly has led to one of the greatest centers of all time. Possibly, he hasn't 100%, but he might be retired. So joining me, as always, uh, maybe back to the ever-reliable after a little trip away down in his basement, wherever that may be, at Tim Carty, AGSAUTC. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I think it's still reliable. Like, I have one week off just to rest and recuperate my back after Danny was gone for two months and carrying his load. So I think one week off's okay. The shoulders are a bit sore? Yeah, it is. It's all a bit of heavy lifting. So I just needed one week off. Two big weeks of football left, so I needed just to get myself back, centered, get ready, and then yeah, load up for these next launch for these next next couple of big weeks. You've already mentioned it uh, in his little basement, which is actually a bedroom at Danny Webb AGSAU. How are you, mate? This is actually the guest wing of my very very wing. small house. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am going terribly, as all of you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it uh, doesn't get much worse than that. That was a shocking weekend, shocking performance, and I'm sure we'll go into it. And Jason Kelsey is well and truly gone. One of the greatest centers of all time. He's done. He's announced, he's announced it to the team. Yeah. So, Just not to keys. us. Maybe to you. Uh, and our very own Bills Mafia representative, possible table jumper after this weekend, at Charlie Pick on Twitter. How are you, mate? Or X, whatever you want to call it. How are you, mate? Uh, much better than Danny, I think it's safe to say. Um, yeah, I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, it's a great time to be alive. It's such. I mean, we're heading and we're heading into, you know, it's the best round of football for the whole year. Divisional is just always great, and there are some amazing games this weekend. And happy and relieved that the Bills are still there. You you mentioned to us when we first come in, you have a little checkbox in the top right hand corner. Oh yeah, well, for me it's top right hand behind your is it left hand side? Let's see if that comes Win up. Win Super Bowl to do. Win Super Bowl. Um, obviously not ticked off yet, but that's uh, and it's funny like uh, as you guys know, you start to feel responsible in various ways. Like people have asked me to uh, 
be confident and enthusiastic about the Bills' chances, and I'm not allowing myself to do that because I am not going to be the one that curses this whole operation at this stage. That was our good mate Loz, wasn't it, who you know, oh, he's yeah. obviously crying into his beard today or yesterday. That's right. He, um, yeah, he loved talking about the Cowboys. Loves it. Loves a chat about the Cowboys right at the moment. He was very optimistic at the start of the year. I reckon he gave Danny a fair bit of shit. So I was, I, I was pretty gracious. I just sent him a bad luck and hope you're all right. And he's, it took him a few days to get back to me. I bet he loved that. <laughs> I don't think he did. I really don't. And it's a good one. Like it's staying that way with uh, Dallas coming out and saying they're not making a change in the head coaching role. Yeah, Mike, that is breaking, breaking news. Mike's back. So that is the uh, first we're I've heard talk. of that. That seems like a terrible and rash decision by the Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> is it rash though? They gave it a few days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess for Jerry, that's that's pretty um, pretty considered. Like he really sat on that for a while. But the way he spoke after that loss, like he, it was like it was the worst loss he'd ever witnessed as the owner of the Cowboys. And how do you chance it was. And, yeah, and yeah, and how do you stick with the coach after that? Like, I don't know. They did go ten and five or something like three years in a row, so or twelve and five. So that's five five. he's doing something right. But, oh, oh, that is a bad oh, omen. The bills are fucked. Oh my god, I'm changing my tips. Oh no, <laughs> oh terrible. Well, there we go. Oh no, that is that's not a great endorsement for is it hang 'em ups or whatever they're called. Yeah. That's uh, that's definitely not a sponsor of the pod, right there. That's, <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. But you tragedy. know what, Charlie? One thing to ease your your superstitions. Have you heard the story about the the Bills Mafia getting it done and jumping into the essentially the hole in the ground where the new stadium is going to be? Yeah, the the new stadium. It's called the Pit. Yeah, amongst the amongst the amongst mafia. The mafia. <laughs> yeah. And the Pit demands human sacrifice to keep the unbeaten run going. It was the start of the run, wasn't it? And it was funny, like I woke up this morning, obviously did that immediate, that's the great thing about living in Australia is Twitter is full of new stories in the NFL every time you wake up in the morning. It's all happened overnight. And this morning it was like photos of like there were ambulance and police there because someone was swimming naked (laughs) in the water at the bottom of the pit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like legit going to be one of the craziest fan bases, like without fail. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... It, and you saw it like I remember last year when they played Miami in I think it was the it was wild card last year they played Miami or maybe divisional no it was wild card and um they had to be cautioned to not throw snowballs at Tyreek Hill on the field because the Bills were going to be penalised three points if they continued I that yeah and so so they actually we were so mature this year we were just throwing snow up in the air whenever we yeah. scored a touchdown that was quite nice but yeah. Um, it's a crazy bunch of people. It's absol- absolutely crazy and, and starved for a Super Bowl win. You know, not quite as much as Detroit, but still, like, as a, as a unit, the Mafia will do whatever it takes to, um, to get it, even if it means swimming in the pit. <laughs> the Mafia has come a long way from throwing blue rubber penises at Tom Brady to snow in the air. That's right. Well, they, that's they've got a name. Is that gentrification? Right I don't know. I don't understand it, but that's that's growing up, definitely. <laughs> the Bildo, is that what you're talking about? Bildo, say the name right. Well, it's, oh it's a family show. We don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, <laughs> we'll get straight into it. Uh, the news or the big stories of the week, as always, are brought to us by our good friends at 
C2C rare threads. I don't know if you've hit these guys up, Charlie, but they are incredible. I reckon they will have some uh, old school bills, you know, maybe some NFC. What are you? NFC East? No. AFC, AFC East. Yeah. I, Championship. Look, I you don't really have any Super Bowl T-shirts to wear like myself and Cardi. Um, but I'm sure there's some great Bills gear for you there, mate. And just hit, hit them up with any given Sunday as a code for 10% off. Absolutely. So I, I think it's definitely time to do that. That is a good idea. Oh, no, 100%. But yeah. like I said, there won't be any Super Bowl gear like myself. And what's yours, you know, Cardi? What are you rocking? You made that point really well the first time you made it. That was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate. That was really good. Super Bowl t-shirt, real... you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a throwback to... Super Bowl from the 1980 season where the, the Raiders actually took out the Eagles. Because I thought, Danny's in a good mood. This will definitely lift his spirits even more this week. So that, that's a nice little throwback shirt for you, Danny boy. I, mean, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> for this. For this. For this exact reason. Um, we were going to start with last week's games, but Danny speaking about Mike McCarthy coming back. I've thrown it all up in the air. We're going to start with some coaches. Bill Belichick, since, like I said, at the start, has since our last episode, has parted ways with uh, Robert Kraft and the Patriots. Huge news, obviously. Um, like a, a where were you at that time kind of news. I know where I was. I was in bed. Um, <laughs> but I thought Dallas were a shoe-in to take Bill. But can you see him? We'll start with you, Karts. Where can you see him going? Because he's definitely going somewhere. Well, the obvious one is like because the Falcons came out and tweeted pretty much straight away that they just had a meeting with with Bill, so that's an obvious one because I think he he gets on well with the ownership there. But have heard that he wants to go to a talented list that has underperformed. So, you know, in theory, like that, could be, that could have been the Cowboys, but um, obviously they've start they've decided to stay with Big Mike. So, yeah, probably I guess the Falcons are the front runners there. Um, just with their crop of young talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball that they've got, uh, like your Drake London's, your Bijan Robinson's, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, maybe the Falcons for me. Do you know what I found amazing about that tweet was that the Falcons said we we are interviewing Bill Belichick? And 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 to me, that was like, really? Like, you know, is, isn't he like De Niro now? He doesn't audition. He just says whether or not he wants to do I'm the... Like that—that yeah. that was crazy to me. I feel like Bill is interviewing teams. It's not the other way around. Yeah, no. I, I think that's—he's he's like, show me what you got. I'll decide if I want it or not, kind of thing. But you reckon they asked him like from um, Nora Princiati from The Ringer, and she tweeted like, as far as the interview with Belichick goes, it's like, when have you faced adversity, and what did you do to yeah. overcome it? And it's, <laughs> he and just he said twenty-eight-three. Like, well, we you in a Super Bowl. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> Just pointed up in the top corner, 28-3, and walked out. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually I've actually got the fastest fingers in the West at the moment, so I've just quickly jumped on and just looked at the odds of where Belichick might end up landing. And Atlanta, oh after his three-and-a-half meeting and his love for the apparent ownership, is at number one. Your boys reckon you can get the next two in order? Um, I don't think he'll go to the Panthers. I don't think he'd get on well with Tepper, the owner there. That's number five. Yeah, okay. The Chargers would have to be up there. They're pretty underperforming oh, with it. I was trying to think, who else is in need? Yeah, so Chargers are in second, and then Commanders are in third. Oh, you didn't oh. give us a chance to get the third. I, oh, I, I just didn't want any more dead air. I, like, I feel like the Commanders would be more likely than Chargers, just because I can't imagine Belichick as a California guy. 
He just doesn't strike me as that. Is there any speedos on the beach? Weird. Yeah, I, I can't see it. But do you know the other interesting thing about the Falcons? They met with Belichick, but they've also met with Jim Harbaugh. So ah. they're they're playing the field, like yeah. And 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 so that's that's interesting too. It's like you know. Who who would you actually trust right now to rebuild a program and get you over the top? I know Belichick's been well, that was the greatest coach of all time, but and he he can establish a culture if you're lacking a winning culture. But maybe Harbaugh is just as good an option. Harbaugh is surely a bit more long term. Well, he's kind of got the hot hand at the moment too, coming mm. off the the natty. Yeah. But um, it, it feels like there's a few coaches that that sort of the ball's more in their court in terms of choosing where they want to go this year rather than coaches interviewing four positions and going to several teams. It just kind of feels like it's weighted because there's so many good coaches that are um, available. Like you've got Vrabel uh, getting fired from the Titans. Like I feel like he probably could kind of pick where he wants to go maybe. Um, yeah. Coach of the year, two years. Yeah, based off his resume. Feels like it's a bit more, yeah, a bit more power to the coaches this year. Danny, just, do you still have that list? Is the Seahawks on there? Because surely they've got a little bit of clout. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, Titans was the one after that, then Panthers, then goes Giants, Saints. So they've forgotten about the Seahawks. That's what happened. Interesting. Hmm. Um, I do think I have heard from my little whispers that the, the Chargers are heavy in Michigan's back pocket, and that kind of seems like it'll be, if he does go hardball, it'll be straight to the Chargers. Just... Yeah, I, that feels the most likely. If he's choosing, that feels pretty likely. Also, yeah. like if you were one of the, like if if you were any of these coaches looking for a spot to land, surely the chance to take Herbert and win with him has to be. And Eckler, like, Eckler's a gun. And Eckler is yeah, that like I, I he's in my fantasy team every single year. Eckler is like the, you, you got to get him, and um, and you just see like. You have well. You can see the have a look at the Panthers. You get that wrong, and you are just so screwed. But to know that you've got Herbert, and if you can just keep him safe and protect him, then you know you're going to be halfway there. The other good thing about the Panthers is, you know, if you go there and you stuff up, you're going to get your cash anyway because he just pays out all the money and you walk <laughs> away. So you're just <laughs> signing a blank check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, the other big news of the week since our last episode is our number one rated segment, Timothy. What do you got Ooh, on that segment? Yeah, obviously it wrapped up at the end of the regular season, but I was away as we talked about recouping the shoulders in the back. But lock of the week, the results, they're in. I think you might have alluded to it, but I'll just quickly whip through it for anyone that missed out. Uh, week 18, lock of the week. Danny, you took the Cowboys. Tick. Charlie and I, we took the Bucks. Smart. Tick. Uh, Pardon? <laughs> you took you took the fins against Charlie's Bills, uh, trying to get your big balls hanging out yet again. Unfortunately for you, <laughs> they got caught on the fence as you were trying to jump over it, and <laughs> they ripped over and everything spilled out. So <laughs> you've absolutely shit the bed. Not too smooth. Um, yeah, they were so smooth. We thought there'd be nothing. My nut cared. My nut cared agates. They got caught. They are so. Uh, Charlie and I actually finished on top. We tied for 11, Charlie. So well done to us, mate. But Thank you so much a- for having me. And, and it's really, 
uh, like it was it was very important to me and uh, and it was mm-hmm. meaningful and to to win it's probably the greatest honor I've ever had so thank well, you. Guys. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. But unfortunately for this one, it's not about winning; it's about not losing. So yeah. Danny, you came in second on ten. T Mac, you're the outright loser on nine. And as we discussed earlier, there's going to be punishments for coming last. And I think you're pretty excited to fit, to hear what the punishment's going to be, mate. Uh, I am. I've had a Philly Eagles type finish because I was top. With you about four weeks to go. And, uh, and then you started so, to be like, oh, mate, this has been interesting. I'll start choosing teams that aren't absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I feel like the only punishment is obviously just like Jason Kelsey, I'm going to hang up the boots and going to move it on to you, mate. No. So what you're going to do oh. is you're going to you're going to take that hat off and you're going to clip the feathers and you're going to shave the head, mate. So you're a bit worried. I did run this by my missus beforehand. You're a bit worried that maybe. Ah, oh, wow. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> You're worried it might be going thin. You know what? This shaving, it might rejuvenate and uh, stimulate a bit of growth. So it could be the best thing for you. Yeah, I have a few mates. Uh, one of them is Brendo Webb who did that and they didn't grow back. So <laughs> <laughs> That was a one and done sort of, sort of situation. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did you think about doing a product tie-in and instead of shaving, um, doing it with nut care? Like, you know what? We'll, <laughs> we'll clip it down and then we'll take the last bit off with the bear nuts, the bear mm. dome. Oh, bear dome. Gross. Trademark. It sounds horrific, but oh well, it is anyway, what it is. In time, in time for the, uh, you know, the, the what do we got before Super Bowl? We'll say. Well, there's a week between, maybe then, Pro Bowl week. Pro Bowl week, I like it. Yeah. Well Pro done. Dome week. Oh. <laughs> Pro Bowl <dome> week. <laughs> Sorry, mate. You absolutely no. rattled, but it's only hair. It'll grow back, maybe. <laughs> nope, nope, it's already falling out. So that's that's all right. These things happen. All right, let's move on to last week's games. And we've got a few to talk about. Uh, I did write in the chat that there wasn't many injuries to talk about, but Charlie was straight on it and said the Bills are fucked. Uh, we have all the injuries. So um, we'll talk about the Bills game, and then you can tell us about the injuries, Charlie. They did get the job done. Well, you, you can talk about it. You're the Bills Mafia. How did they go? What they do right? Go. I mean, the thing that has been tedious to listen to all season is everyone talking about Josh Allen's interceptions. That's been like the guy has MVP stats, but interceptions, he's got more touchdowns than anyone in the league, but his interceptions have meant that people have doubted him and he kept it clean. He had zero interceptions. He had three throwing touchdowns, ran for 53 yard touchdown himself, which was the second longest running touchdown by a quarterback in playoff history. Do we know who holds the record for the longest? Josh Allen. No. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick holds the record. That's exactly right. What a fucking guess. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And and I think that, like, from a, like, just from a football perspective, it was, it was, it was great to see the offense really clicking and sharing it around. It was hard to know who you were going to stop. Dalton Kincaid caught a really long throw up the middle for a touchdown that he is starting to show that he's a great, obviously a great pick. He's, he's settled in well, but he can be a receiving threat as well as a tight end threat. He can actually go long and you can hit him down the field. Uh, Khalil Shakir, another guy who's just really, his ceiling keeps going up and up. It's like, like his potential is great. His touchdown was remarkable. His, um, what is it, contact balance? Like he got tackled, managed to just put a hand down, stay up and make it in for the touchdown. Um, Dawson Knox got a touchdown. And also Stefan Diggs maybe wasn't taking, you know, making a lot of long, long routes and taking long catches and a lot of yards, but he made some plays, particularly in the third and fourth quarter that 
sealed it for the for the Bills and did that work. And on the defense, just injury after injury, we lost Christian Benford quickly. So we were down to Kaya Elam, came on um, playing his first football of the season, coming in a quarterback, um, a couple of errors, but then had an end zone um, interception, which was pretty amazing to see. And then we, uh, Terrell Bernard, who's been one of the standout performers at linebacker this year, he went down. We had, who else went around? Was it Dodson went down? And we ended up, we were at fourth and fifth string quarter, uh, linebackers and cornerbacks. And in the end, it was Klein, who last week was getting in a Winnebago with his family to go to the Florida Keys on holiday. <laughs> and um, Sean McDermott rang him and said, can you just come? We need some depth at linebacker. Yeah, he steps into Mike Linebacker. Runs the defense more than half half a game, gets the most tackles for the game, and really the the defense held it together. The Steelers did a pretty good job to get within seven points in this and in, uh, in the fourth quarter. I think they were within seven yeah. early but, in the fourth. Yeah, but then like the Bills kind of held it together and they looked pretty composed. They never really looked too stressed at, at any point. I mean, as a fan watching it, I didn't like the Steelers getting back within seven. But I think what was good from a Bills point of view and what's promising is. The passing game was sound. The running game was good. And we were up 21 to nothing at one point. And I think if you have a look at a lot of the games in this whole wild card round, and it's important in the, in the playoffs, if you can get a lead, you can play. It, it gives you so many more options at winning games. And when you're up against good opposition, chasing from that far behind is very, very hard. So as a Bills Mafia fan, very satisfying game. Very satisfying. Except for all of the injuries coming out of it. And I've got like the... In my, in my search bar, the moment I put in B in, into into the uh, into the address bar at the top, it always just comes up Bill's injury report. It's the first thing I check all the time, and there's a lot of people injured. Benford with his knee, Bernard with an ankle, Gabe Davis with a knee. He didn't play, of course. Um, Dodson's shoulder. Uh, Taron Johnson has a concussion. He's in concussion protocol. We lost a kicker to a hamstring. I think we've um, signed um, Hawk to come in, which I think meant Lenny Fournette lost his spot on the roster because we had to sign someone new. Playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny. Taylor Rapp's calf. He is still not back at training and Bale Inspector's back. So that's like a lot. That's a lot of people missing on defense. The good news, except for Gabe Davis, no one's injured on offense. That's really great. That's great news. The O-line is still intact and they've been playing really well. But we need to get some of these guys back before we take on the Chiefs because that's that's just a lot of personnel to be missing. We've got good depth and the depth is playing well and they're well coached, but it is a real worry coming up against the Chiefs, who unfortunately rediscovered their passing game on the weekend. Now you play the Chiefs. That was the longest two-minute rap of all time, which is awesome. You play the Chiefs on Monday, <laughs> yeah, our time. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, are you actually going to play them on Monday or is it going to be a snowstorm when we're playing Tuesday? Well, that's what we like to do. A snow delay is good. I mean, a snow delay, if it means that we can get, like if it gets um, Terrell Bernard back on the field would be good. But I don't think I, I don't think this will be delayed. It doesn't look like this. it's a big enough storm that it's dangerous to get to the ground. So we will be playing them then. So we're on a shorter week than the Chiefs. I'm 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 not I'm not like lowering expectations or anything like You're that. You're playing at home. It's, yeah, but it's it is and it's the first time the Chiefs like it's the first time Patrick Mahomes has played in a away playoff match ever. Yeah, besides the Super Bowl. Doesn't count. Um nope. <laughs> It's not. You're 100% right. It's not a real away game at all. Like uh 
you know, I think when they played the Bucks in Tampa Bay, it was still like it was a COVID, that was COVID year and there wasn't even a full stadium. But what, you know, he was hearing everything fine. But I think it'll be, it'll be a challenge. But like, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's, um, I don't think crowd noise is a thing that interferes with his game too much. That said, their offense has been up and down throughout the season. So any advantage we can get with their offense, I, I think we'll take. I think if you get stuck into him and crack his helmet, he seemed to be pretty flustered after that. So I'd be diving yeah. straight in at that helmet and you'll be cherry roll. How much do you think the temperature had to do with that helmet absolutely lacking flex? Like it felt like it was it was Didn't very brutal. Like yeah. But it's um it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I am I'm relieved that uh, Kelsey is still well, we're gonna to get to the Chiefs game, but but you know We will. Still we'll have a quick back. talk about the Chiefs game. Yeah. But yeah, I, look, I, I think the Bills, obviously, it, people have talked a lot about just their story. At six and six, they were written off and no one thought that they were going to make it. And maybe it isn't just narrative, the fact that they've been, you know, they've had to win every game since then. They've been, they've been in a must-win mindset the whole time and I think they're enjoying it. I think they're enjoying the pressure. And I think they're last year, I felt like they had all this performance pressure because everyone expected them to win the Super Bowl, whereas now they seem to really just be enjoying playing and enjoying winning football games at the moment. Yeah, that is handy, especially when you're on a winning streak heading into those kind of games. Uh, I think the NFL has has cottoned onto something here accidentally because of your bills. I love the 2-2-2, two, 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 two games a day over a three-day oh. weekend. I thought that was absolutely crisp. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, it seems in hindsight, it's remarkable that wasn't the case all along. Like, it just seems <laughs> nah. exactly the way it should be done. Um, and we'll move straight on to, not to cut you off, Charlie, but we, no, no, no. you have been going for 27 minutes. Uh, <laughs> we'll give Danny enough time to talk about his, I don't know if he wants to talk as long, but the second game on the Monday was the Eagles. Danny, do you want to talk about his one? Uh, so I spoke about this a little bit off air, but just to reiterate, uh, the Eagles lost this game about eight weeks ago when the demise when the demise actually started. Like you can't finish a you know starting ten and one, then going one and six. It was, since we played the Bills, it all uh, kind of went downhill from there, and there hasn't really been like anything to fully come out. There was changes in like you know the OC and like, who was calling the plays and all that sort of stuff. But there wasn't enough, like Nick Sirianni really needs to step up and like kind of more take control of that, you know, failing towards the end of the season. And so going into this, I didn't really have high expectations, as I said on the episode. Then you find out two days before AJ Brown's not playing. <laughs> like he is Hurts' number one weapon. Yes, him and Smith work great together, but you take AJ Brown out there, you've got a massive hole. So then I was like, all right, cool. Julio Jones, you know, he can step up. He's played into big games before. This is going to be great. Bang, concussion, gone. <laughs> I was yeah. like, and he was playing well. So after that, we just really didn't have much. There was like, we, the Eagles just had no momentum. The defense, they couldn't tackle anyone. They couldn't, they, like the secondary just had so many holes in it. And Baker Mayfield just picked him apart. Just absolutely picked him apart. And I was watching with the group of the lads and they were like, this game is terrible to watch. <laughs> watching Philly right now is absolutely terrible. And you could just see Baker Mayfield was just going through his motions, just be like, nah, option one's up there, bang, two, three, or four was there. And he just decided which one was the best option for him and just went forward with that. Uh, yeah, so it was a 32-9 to nine loss in the end. Oh, yeah, I probably don't really have much more to say to that. Like, Tampa Bay going to go on and face the Lions, which I think will be a better matchup. 
Uh, and it almost looks like Baker Mayfield potentially might have pushed for a contract extension after the way that he played in that game, the way that he's carried Tampa Bay. So, you know, to finish this season, he's done quite well to, you know, for the team that they've got to push them to where they are. I got a question about, um, about your Eagles, right? And I remember Sirianni early in the season when they, they were winning close games. And I remember Sirianni saying, this is a team that just believes they can win. When it gets hard, they just all have self-belief that they can win. What happened to that self-belief? Like, where, what, what exactly was it? Because do you know what it feel, felt like? It actually felt like a team who had a great run last year and started 10 and 1 and actually hadn't had it had to struggle hadn't had to work for it earn it and overcome anything and when it got hard it felt like the coaching wasn't there to make them dig deep and do it and and all of this oh they love tough situations and they always believe that they can win it's like they hadn't actually been in any tough situations yeah, and it, like it shows in history the amount of teams that have lost the Super Bowl then go on the next following season don't even make the playoffs and the only reason they did make the playoffs was that incredibly lucky, and it was lucky, there wasn't skill. It was an incredibly lucky 10-1 and one run that they had at the start. And that run was, you know, the whole time I was saying that the team doesn't have an identity. They, don't, they didn't know who they yeah. were. Like, you've just gone to the Super Bowl, and honestly, you were somewhat robbed of it at the end. Like, that was, that was your biggest missed opportunity, a few unfortunate players, and you were walking over the Super Bowl win. So you went from that to then just having lucky wins. And you were right, though. We're facing adversity, but not really. There were a lot of things just falling in their favor. Then, the yeah, the coaching wasn't there. And if you're missing that many tackles, which they were, the defense, towards this end of the season, especially in this game against Tampa, you're not practicing the fundamentals anymore at practice. You can't be missing tackles. Like, every single tackle they missed. Like, every single Tampa Bay player was shrugging someone off, and it wasn't until the second or third hit that they are actually going down. Hmm. If you're doing that, you're, you're, what you're doing at practice isn't enough. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the players were banged up and you know, were playing second and third players in certain positions. And it, the, it all, I reckon, has to come down to the mentality that was there. And it, it, there wasn't any. There wasn't coming down from the coaching. Jalen Hurts has come out and said he needs to be better. He needs to be a better leader and all starts with him. But there's, it seemed like there was a lot going on in that locker room. The same way everyone was talking about the Bills earlier in the season, being like, this locker room, there's, there's toxicity in the locker room. Mm. I think there's absolute toxicity going on in the Eagles locker room right now. And you could tell that by the way it got it was absolutely blasting hurts on the sideline. Yeah. And then earlier on in the season, AJ Brown was doing the same thing. Like, no, nah, we're mates, we're just competitors, we're doing it because of this. But no, I reckon there's something way more underlying. And the Eagles have a lot to fix. Because as soon as Tampa, like, let's blitz, that splits, this is it. And then Hurst will just crumble. He was just crumbling under pressure as soon as that blitz came. And the blitz came every single time. They couldn't run against him. And like Phillies, all of last year, their run game was got him, actually got him to the Super Bowl. And yeah, so, it was surprising that like it seemed like they'd forgotten that Hurts can run. Like they'd forgotten hmm. to do a design run. I mean, you guys beat us with a Hurts design run in overtime. And it's like, where did that go? Yeah, it almost seems like I reckon Hurts is carrying a lot more injuries. Like he hurt his knee well and truly early in the season, and I think he's just been carried it the whole way through. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out in the next couple of days that he's going in for some form of surgery. Mm. Yeah, uh, like you said, ever since that ten and one start, and every week you're saying we're just they're scrappy wins. I think the only blowout win was, funnily enough, against Tampa Bay early in the year. Uh, but you have just struggled since then. But we've talked too much about a team that is out of the playoffs. But you've you've done it nicely. The Bucks are in red hot form, and they're going up to face a Lions team. Carts, your throat is fresh as sitting there. So we'll get you to talk about how big of a win 
this is for the Lions getting a 24-23 win over the Rams to move or win their first playoff game in 30 years and now hosting a divisional round game against the Bucks. Yeah, back-to-back home games in the playoffs. Huge for for the Lions. And uh, like we've talked about it a few times, but MCDC has been the shot in the arm that the Lions needed. And like a lot of people took the piss out of him early on about his mannerisms and how he went in his press conferences and stuff like that. But And you hear people talk about it all the time about um, is it like the team takes on the personality or that sort of thing of the coach. And like it feels like that's the case. And like their culture feels really strong. Um, you saw, I think it was, might have been week 18, MCDC gave a game ball, I think, to their GM, like, or whoever it was, because of he's the one that assembled the team and, like, just things like that, like, cool things like that in the locker room. But going to uh, Super Wildcard weekend, obviously the main story was Matty Stafford coming back to Detroit into Jared Goff's house now and um, an hour and a half before the game, I think, which is pretty rare for NFL games. Like, you don't really get crowds there super early. Um, I think it's not really a bit of a thing. That hour and a half before the game, they're in there, they're chanting, they're up and about, they're chanting Jared Goff, Jared Goff, all that sort of stuff. So that was the huge story of the game. It was actually the closest game of the week. So kind of the most tight game of the week. The most exciting game of the week. And um, yeah, Goff Goff came out, was pretty serviceable, had um, 280-odd yards, threw for a touchdown. Um, their rushing game was pretty good. Gibbs and Montgomery had a, had a TD each. And then on the other side, the Rams, Matty Stafford threw for a couple. He got banged up at one point. I'm not sure if you saw it. His, mm. his throwing arm got um, caught up in one of their defensive linemen's uh, helmet or something, and it, it split him. Um, so there was kind of a bit of a worry if he was going to come back out. I think, is Carson Wentz the backup there now? Is it Wentz? Or? Sure, sure. Anyway, he was warming up. It was like It was looking like, oh, no, here we go. But... Stafford got back out there, so that was all good. But um, I think it was last quarter. I can't remember exactly because I was in and out of a little bit of not great reception. But um, just remind me of the, the sort of the last quarter. I think the the Rams had a chance. The Rams had a yeah. chance, and then they both had a couple of three and outs, didn't they? Yeah, but Detroit got the ball back with about almost four, like three, just under four minutes to go. Yeah, when they had to have it. They, they had like a, it was like a ten yard throw to um, St Brown that really sealed the game, yeah. and it was yeah, like huge. it was classic, like it was it, that was the way they played. It was aggressive. It was like, do you know what? We're actually going to do this. We're not going to play it safe. We're going to go win this thing. Yeah, and the stats have come out. I think they've shown MCDC has been the most aggressive coach all year. But like they were mm. smart too. They were staying in bounds. They were they were true, managing the clock. Like they just they did it really well. And then they, yeah, I think they were able to to kneel it out uh, in the end, victory formation. So uh, yeah, no, it was a good game. And thankfully, yeah, one game out of the out of the six was was exciting. Yeah, so it was 17-24 heading into the third, I believe. Oh, no, sorry, 17-21 then. The Lions got a field goal to start the third. And then the Rams had two chances, and they settled for field goals both times. And that's why it ended up being that one-point yeah. difference. So it was such a tight game. But the Rams, yeah, were definitely in there and definitely had the chance to take that away from them. But the Lions' defense just you know, stood them up and managed to keep them out of the end zone. Hell, yeah. But yeah, huge win for the Lions. Just as an organisation, like you said, Kat, you really banged on about it, which is, it can't be stated enough. And look, there's every chance that if they get the job done, the Bucks are in red-hot form. So it'll be a great matchup. It'll be a much better matchup than the Bucks eagles um, But if they get the job done, there's every chance 
Uh, my boys going up to San Fran. We're in red off form ourselves. They could mm. have a, a home uh, conference championship game against the Packers, which would be I'd back us, I reckon. <laughs> Go on, T Mac. Talk about the Packers. You know, nah, we had the Browns versus the Texans on the uh, <laughs> Sunday Sunday slate. Our game. Now, I wanted to bring this up because of my Packers. They actually both QBs starting in their first mm. uh, playoff game had it was two yards off being an identical sixteen or twenty one for two seventy four, and I think two seventy two for Stroud. Three touchdowns. QBR was it was at one point at max, but it went down by point one or point two or something like that. For both CJ Stroud and Jordan Love, two enormous playoff wins in their first games. Uh, it's the future's looking bright. Yeah, and I think like also the the expectations were good for both of them. You know, the, the that sort of that sense that both teams have done really well to be there. Felt like they were playing with house money. The pressure was off, and they actually just both played a confident game. Not like they were overwhelmed by the pressure of the moment. And I like lumping these both in together, so we don't have to talk about Green Bay too much. But um, good, good. Um, but Stroud, and and you know, but over on the AFC side, like the Texans, they were a well coached team, and they've got a, they're young. I think their second youngest roster, and I think youngest might be the Packers, unless I'm mistaken. Us boys are definitely the youngest. But they are like the the Texans are well coached, and they're taking you know everyone's scared of the Ravens because of the way they knocked everyone off during the year. But at the same time, if the Ravens are rusty and the and the Texans come in in red hot form, like you say, it could be pretty interesting come um, conference championship time the week after. Well, I heard a, I heard a good quote and about these young teams. You don't know what you don't know, so they're kind of playing fearless. Which is awesome. You, when you're playing free and fearless football, it's it's exciting. A lot can happen, and yeah, I, I really like that quote. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. And it was it was really good to see uh, Green Bay, you know, beat up on Dallas as much as I don't want to talk about the Packers either. <laughs> Just the performance <laughs> that they did have, like they went into Dallas, where Dallas over the past two seasons, like sixteen and zero at home. So I think it was eight and zero this season, and like running from last season it was also eight and zero, and they went in. As an away team, mind you, they were 9-1 against Dallas in the past 10 games, whatever it was. But they went in now, baby. <laughs> and got it done, which is like, it, it was a phenomenal performance. But yeah, the <laughs> Dax interceptions, not well, it's funny, good. Getting back to the you don't know what you don't know comment, Dak is the inverse of that. Dak is haunted by ghosts of players. He knows what he knows. Where, where <laughs> it's just, he knows too much. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about the Packers too much. We did. We had a, a great defensive plan. and I, No, I won't. I won't bang on about it. I, we did. We played an exceptional game on all three phases, really. Um, defense, we had a plan uh, and we executed it. And I don't think they were expecting... Like, our defense has been shit all year, realistically. We've given up with something like 28 points a game or something like that we were averaging. And we did give up 32 in the end, but I reckon the last three touchdowns were pretty junk time, kind of. We'll just waste the clock as much as we can and bring it down. So I'm, we were up 42-16 or something like that, and I was, you know, singing to the rafters. It was great. But I did love the fact that we come out, we won the toss and we said, you know what? We didn't say it, but we're going to take the ball. We're going to score because we know that the Cowboys are front runners. If we can get in front mm. and just keep them at bay, and it's exactly what we did. We had two, like you said, two interceptions. 
think with Tyrion, I, I thought that was an awesome call by yeah. the floor. Huge. And right before half time, they, they had the ball. It was what, a minute ago or something like that. They were charging down. They were looking good to score. Getting the ball back in the second half gets a pick six. Like it just changed the game. We're up 20, instead of being 21 7 or 21 10 or whatever it was going to be, it ended up being 27 to zero. And it just, like, we couldn't have played a better first half, which led to just a, a lot easier second half, which was made my life a lot easier. I did have some stats that Danny's just kind of mentioned. They were 16 and 0 at home in the last two years, but they were the only team that lost away, the only home team that lost this week. Yeah. Uh, and we're now 10 and 1 in the last 11 games against them. But the Packers have actually won more playoff games in AT&T Stadium than the Cowboys have, which we've won five. They've only won four. That That's is a great insane. stat. That is a beautiful I, uh, stat. Yeah, I love that shit. So, yeah, great win. <laughs> and um, I, I think you make a great point. We're, we're playing with house money and so, so are the Texans. We're not expected. And I think it rolls into this week, which makes it even more interesting. They're playing the number one Ravens. We're playing the number one Niners. Mm. No one, I can't wait to see what the money is. No one's expecting us to win. I reckon that plays in both of our team's favours. Yeah. We just go in there. We don't know what we don't know, but neither do they. So, your issue is exactly what you said before. Your issue is going to be your defence. So, the difference between the Cowboys' offence and Dak leading it to what the 49ers' offence has done this season. They're polar opposites. That's going to be that's going to be your biggest problem. If you can tidy up on your defense, yeah, it might be competitive. But if Brock can just you know sit there, be calm, cool, and collected like he has been, he is also one of those people who doesn't really know. He kind of knows. Got there last year, but then like had that obviously terrible injury to his elbow. But he doesn't fully know the mass pressure of playing that full game. So he's going to hopefully be playing with a very cool, level headed. Yep. And if he does that against your defense, yeah, Brock, you Purdy's, to... Brock Purdy's entire career is playing with house money. Like that's that's for the rest of his entire career, he was like, I was Mister Irrelevant. Mm. If like if I'm doing anything, it's good. So it, like he and he plays like that all the time. It's like there's almost there's still you know his team was crushing it all year, and still people couldn't talk about him as an MVP contender. Just I think because of where he came from. So like yeah. you know he plays that way. It, and in that way, like that, I think is probably one of the most interesting games this weekend. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of talk about Alan Mahomes. But I really feel like Love Purdy is like two guys that they can just go do it without with, without that sense of anyone expecting them, like like that expectation on their shoulders, I think. For sure, for sure. Uh, and the last game, before we do get into a little bit of each of the four games that we have, the Chiefs getting the job done against the Dolphins. Uh, Cards, that stat, do you have that stat that I send you or do I have to rehash it? Oh, uh, you're gonna have to get it. I cannot so remember. So, <laughs> the was it three and fourteen? The Patriots finished. Yep, three and fourteen. They finished. This goes to what Danny said all season: three and fourteen, and they had more wins against above five hundred teams than the Dolphins did, and they finished <laughs> what twelve and five or something. Six so, Danny, they just did not beat anyone when they needed to, and it, and it showed this week. Yeah, and I've been saying that. Right from the very get-go, yeah. So they finished 11-6, and six, Miami. But I've, I was saying that from the start, they can't beat a 500 team. <laughs> Tua can't play in the cold. It was just like this game was destined for the Chiefs just to take away. And the Chiefs have not been playing their normal standard of football. 
like especially towards the end of half of the season. But then Mahomes, as Charlie alluded to before, found his passing game again. Like found receiver ice eight times for 130 yards and a touchdown. Mm. Like he he was just picking them apart, and the Dolphins just didn't have an answer pretty much the whole game. I don't think it's just the cold with Tua either. Like I, I, I think it's a bit simplistic to say that he's no good in the cold. He he got completely shut down in in Miami, like when the Bills played them. I think with a good defense that can slow him down and make him have to go to a second and third read, he can't create at that point, and he and he has trouble processing if his first read's not there. And and I think that's the um I've got friends that are big Dolphins fans, and none of them think that he should be re-signed. Ooh. None of them think that he should be getting the big contract because they just haven't seen it. You, you, like, you have to have a quarterback that can overcome great winning teams, and I don't think that they've showed that they've got that. Does and that go to Mike McDaniels as well? Sorry? Does that go to the coach as well? I don't know. I think, I think McDaniel. I mean, maybe I'm a bit won over by how good he is in a press conference. I find him very amusing, and that goes a long way with me. But it's interesting, watching that Hard Knocks thing, um, I kind of feel that he, for him to be a great coach, I think he's, an, he's great at scheming an offense, and like he's, he's a, like, a, like a mad scientist in that regard, off that Shanahan tree. But I think what he might be missing is I still think he wants to be friends with everyone in the, in the locker room. Got to make the hard calls, but, if, but he's got to make some really hard calls now. And and what what I I you know like there are there are teams that have great quarterbacks. You know like the you know the Chargers are like we got a great quarterback. We got to do right with that talent while we've got it. And the Dolphins to me are like we've got Tyreek Hill. We've got like this weapon. He's so fast. He you know he's the receiver that people are saying should be in MVP conversations. So do you have a quarterback that can actually utilize him? And it was obvious that like Mahomes plus Tyreek Hill equals Super Bowl, but Tua plus Tyreek Hill equals losing again in the wildcard round. The cold. It was the yeah. cold. <laughs> you're 100% right. As soon as he plays against a defense, and that goes with the play on a plus 500 team. So if a team's got good defense, they're probably going to be plus 500 because they're stopping people from scoring. So as soon as you put Tua in that situation, like he, he's not going to make any any yeah two plus two is four yes minus <laughs> uh, one that's free yeah. so the Dolphins only finished I think with two hundred sixty four yards total in that game and the biggest player I think was that fifty three yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill mm. and that was it like they just they just didn't have any offensive answers it and was the they, only time they looked dangerous or generated anything on offense yeah yeah and then the defense. Like still allowed twenty six points get put on them. Like it, it was just they're just not a very good team when they're playing against anyone who is. Now the defense had a lot of injuries. They were like any Finns fan will say we had a lot of injuries on defense. Everyone had a lot of injuries on defense this round. Everyone's got lots of injuries, and yeah, you don't make it this far without them. That's right, and uh, and I don't. That's not the the defense didn't do a good enough job, and that offense just yeah, it's no good up against up against a good defense. You're absolutely right, Danny. Yep. Which it's which, just I, which to see. Me fine. Don't get me wrong. I want Miami to re-sign Tua. Give him a quarter uh, million dollars. Yeah, that's it. Give, him, <laughs> give him one of those ten-year contracts. AFC East is going. Give him a contract. Give him a yeah. contract. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. Um, oh, you've you fucked me chain of thought, which is great. But we're gonna <laughs> we'll move on to this week's. I had something perny at the say. I'm sure it would have been great. Um, yeah. Nah. We'll go on to this week's games. 
the we'll start with the Texans at Baltimore. That is the first game. Oregon, we got it's split perfectly. The number one's playing on the Sunday for us, and and the big more Oregon more expectation games on each of the four teams playing on the second day, which is awesome. Mm. Um, Houston, Baltimore. Like I said, Baltimore eighty two percent of the cash. Uh, Cards, do you have the lines and stuff there? I don't have the lines head to head four fifty, and then the Ravens are paying a dollar twenty. So the the Texans yeah four dollars fifty, Ravens dollar twenty. What are your thoughts, mate, off the top of your head? Uh Ravens. Like it's been an awesome run for CJ and D'Amico and the rest of the Texans, but the Ravens have just proved like they are a team. Um, they're going to be fresh off the week. We always talk about rest versus rust, all that sort of stuff. They're going to be fresh, chomping at the bit. Lamar's going to come, and he's going to absolutely ball out. Yeah, he's Nine a... and a half of the line. He's, yeah, he's... He's the MVP favourite, isn't he, at this point? Uh, they did so well throughout the season. I I completely agree with you, Cats. They're a sort of team that having that week off is actually probably going to do them more good than harm. Like if it is one of those younger teams like the Packers or the Texans, them playing through is going to be the best thing for them, given them that momentum. With the the Ravens and with Lamar, giving that week off, you know, let's dial in, let's do some good things in practice, let's keep going through the motions, keep everything fresh. It's going to be the best thing for them. But yeah, nine and a half, uh, big line. Big Big line. line. Hmm. Um, one good news, a bit of good news for the Ravens is Andrews um, is back at tight end, and and like that they they haven't struggled without him, but he was always and always has been one of Lamar's favorite targets, and so adding that it's just another another part of that hill to climb for the. That for is the his team. safety blanket, and it has been for years. So yeah. that is huge. But nine and a half for the line, Charlie. What are you picking? Um, I, over, I reckon. Like I, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> this is why I don't gamble. This is why I genuinely don't gamble. Actually, do you know what? I think it will be closer, and I think I, I actually think rust will be a thing in the in the first half. I think Ravens will get there, and I, I think I think Texans come in with momentum, and Texans Ravens are going to have to earn it. Interesting. Nice, nice. The next time, you know, Cass has got to run because he's got an absolute mile to get to work. Danny, quick go. <laughs> oh no, so I absolutely want to see like CJ Stroud and then the Texans. Oh, and like you just want to see him continue on the form that he was because that like the game previously in the wildcard game was so good. It was so good to watch him. And I want to, as a rookie, I just want to see him do even more. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I cannot wait to have CJ Stroud in Buffalo for the conference round. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to take what you just said, Danny, but maybe the rookie, he's still a rookie, but we're going to take exactly what you just said. We're going to put Jordan Love's name in there. We want to see him continue his form against the Niners. Like I said, the same thing. 79% of the money is with San Fran. Uh, I imagine it's a similar line. Um, that we have nothing to lose here going in, um, but I reckon we'll be sneakily confident. Yeah, the line, so the line and the betting is exactly the same: nine and a half points to uh, San Fran, and then dollar twenty uh, as opposed to four fifty for your Packers. I think your receiver core is really young, exciting. A lot of talk about not going into the season with a wide receiver one, so it's sort of you can spread the load and you don't know where the ball's going, on different targets. But that San Fran defense uh, is a wagon. And I think they're going to teach those your young boys a little bit of a lesson this week. And you're going confident. You'll be full of beans, but 49ers are going to steamroll you. Sorry, mate. And the 49ers love playing at home. So. Oh, yeah. Charlie, what do you reckon? Yeah, Give I, me something. I, no, I agree. I think um, 
everyone hasn't played until Bosa punches them in the mouth. But um, yeah, I like the night. Like I, I think it'll be a really good game, and I think the Packers, out of everyone, I think could out of everyone in the AFC can really give the Niners a run. But I just don't. I I don't think that I see enough enough flaws in the Niners. Yeah, fair enough. We don't like the only thing I'm playing on is we don't know what we don't know and they haven't played us this year so you never know they did have a three-game span where they sucked as well so hopefully we've watched plenty of vision and see <laughs> see what happened there uh tampa bay at detroit i'm a little bit uh tampa, detroit's at home 63 percent of the money i'd imagine this line is a hell of a lot closer though well six and a half still but that's obviously to the detroit uh a home field advantage i guess and a dollar 36 head-to-head as opposed to 330 for the Bucks, um, but they play in a dome, don't they? Because wasn't there that funny question to um, to Sportsfield is a dome, yeah. Balls, uh, balls, uh, balls. The coach of the Bucks, yeah. yeah, talking about oh, how are you going to acclimate to the weather up in um, up in Detroit? And he's like, oh, we play inside, we play in a dome, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, I think this, the Detroit, like we saw it. This week, Super Wildcard divisional round, it's going to be like next level the crowd, the noise, the hype, all that sort of stuff. The Bucks have, again, another team that probably overperformed, done well. The Lions, we kind of expected to make playoffs. I think they're going to win this. Going to get, they're going to get to the conference championship round. Um, I think this will be a bit closer. I think the Bucks will maybe cover. So I'd take, I would take the Bucks at the line, but Detroit to win. Yeah, it's, tw- it's been 26, is it? 26, 28 years coming for the Lions to get 30. There you go. To get to get to this point, so I can't see him stopping. No way. There's too yeah. much momentum behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tampa Bay absolutely destroyed the Eagles. Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> we. I just don't think they're going to match up against these lines. Not with the way that they played. Charlie. Oh yeah. I sorry. I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And I also think just a little bit. Tampa Bay have had a great run, but they feel a bit like. You know, you see it in the AFL. Someone whose grand final is actually the preliminary final, and yeah. the following they've done, they've almost done too much celebrating at this stage. You know, and Baker is that feels like Baker's ceiling. Anyway, oh. <laughs> yeah. couldn't, couldn't agree more. Like I hated, oh, sorry, jump back to this game. I hated watching the way he celebrated every single time he was, and that wasn't just as an Eagles <laughs> fan. That was just a fan of football. Like to, to, to watch the way he was celebrating, I was like. This is why the league hates you. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more time, the Bucks played really well against the Eagles. It was great to watch. But I do believe I have heard that, uh, and it's just whispers around that Baker has done a Ben Cousins and only slept once between these games. So it'll be interesting to see how tired he is when it comes to game time. Uh, but I'm the same. I reckon the Lions are up and about, and they will get to their first. NFC championship game in a bloody long time. Uh, last one, Chiefs, Bills, Charlie, you just hold tight. We'll leave you to the end. <laughs> I imagine this one's even closer again. Yeah, you. 56% of the cash is on the Bills being at home, naturally. Yes. Uh, cuts long. at home, $1.69 head-to-head, two twenty-five. the Chiefs. The line is only three points. Hmm. So expecting a lot, a lot closer game here. Both teams don't mind playing in the cold, so... Don't worry about that. What was it? The fourth coldest game in NFL. Was it playoff history or just history? Last week, the Chiefs. I think it was NFL history. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So they don't mind playing in the cold. They can get it done. Um, But I just feel like it feels different this year. You kind of touched on it a bit earlier. The expectation isn't on the Bills as much this year. It feels like just because you had that bit of a 
tough run the first half of the season. It doesn't feel like it's Super Bowl or bust. So it's kind of like, not you're doing well to be here because you're the Bills, like you should be here, but it just doesn't feel like that expectation's there and the players are playing with that load kind of lifted, it feels like. Um, Chiefs aren't exactly the same Chiefs they were last year, so I'm going to take the Bills to move on this week. And I think the way the Bills have played since week 10, they've been the team to beat and they, exactly what you're saying, they're playing like now with a massive chip on their shoulder. The, the fact that like, oh, yeah, okay, at the start of the season, we didn't have everything together, but now we do. Mm. Where I feel like the Chiefs have kind of just fumbled their way through this season to get to the position where they are. Yes, yeah, they were going to beat the Dolphins. They were always going to beat the Dolphins. That's fine. So they, they are where they are. But playing against this Bills team is completely in form and they're playing at home. And they've got so much to prove against playing against the Chiefs. It was the third time, I think, where it's Mahomes and Allen facing off in the playoffs. So the Bills have so, so much to prove. They're in form. I'm just like, I reckon the Super Bowl hangover is hanging over the Chiefs way too much. Yes, okay, Mahomes found his passing game last game, but it doesn't mean they're going to do it against this. Bills I mean, team. the receiver's going to catch the ball. Like, he hasn't That's been the problem this year. That's right. Uh, which is 100% true, guard. So I'm on the Bills. I reckon they'll win and they'll cover. Um, the line is like I think the exact margin the last two times the teams have played too like they are there's only three points separating them um, the uh, the Chiefs haven't beaten Buffalo since 13 seconds we've won the subsequent two games that we played against them in Arrowhead and I know that's not playoffs but it means that the Bills don't fear the Chiefs the, B, the Bills know that they can beat the Chiefs and they've done it before and Look, my one fear is with the number of linebackers that we've got hurt, that like we could we could be hurt over the middle. Like, you know, Mahomes could they could really take some chunks out of us over the middle. But the fact that Kelsey has really not played well for the entire season and, and particularly lately is dropping catches, that magic isn't working so much between the two of them. You can see there's tension between Mahomes and Kelsey on the sideline a bit. That makes me a little more relieved. But yeah, I I think the Bills get there, and I, I think there is a chance if they start well that they like that this changes everything, changes the dynamic, and changes the conversation around things. And that it being a home playoff changes the narrative as well. Before we started the episode, I was just sizing up what size ladder did you want to jump off to <laughs> land on the table? Um, you know, especially once I saw Kadarius Tony was questionable. That's the biggest thing for the Chiefs. Hang on, um, we need someone kind of, to give away penalties in the last minute of the game. Come on, yeah, that does hurt you. That does. Sky Moore not back. Pretty sure he's coming back on fire. Yeah, twenty first of Jan. When's that? Nice. So he's still got three days. Not sure. Um, well, he can drop catches too, just like Kadarius. Doesn't really matter, but. When we saw that Bills thing poster fall down in your background, I'm just—I don't know if it's twisted me or Someone's going to jump in the pit, and the juju will settle, and all yeah, everything yeah. will be right. It'll all balance out. All right. So, what size do you want you know, to jump on? Two people will jump in the pit. Two people. Yeah. So, what's good? It has to be high enough to break a table, doesn't it? That's that's what it has to be. So, what's yeah. that? Is that about a twelve? Is that a twelve-step ladder? You reckon? Whatever you're comfortable jumping off. Uh, yeah. I'm going to make sure it's one of those plastic ones from Bunnings, so you might maybe want to go a few steps higher because they're a bit harder to break. Um, but I do look forward to seeing it, and I heard Cuts is probably going to do the same thing. 
It, can I just say, when I made that promise, it looked far less likely that we were going to win the divisional round. We understand. We understand. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, well, that's fine. I'm happy to put my body on the line because <laughs> I think that's, you know, it's that kind of commitment. Every single member of the Bills Mafia, whether they're jumping in a pit or breaking a table in the Southern Hemisphere, uh, everyone's doing their bit this year. Do you imagine if Josh Allen and the boys see that, the juice that they will get out of seeing that video from mm. some bloke in Melbourne just... <laughs> <laughs> Not They're watching you going, that boy's never going to walk again. When, when, when they see us. When oh, they okay. see it. Now, I do it's see the Bills. It's interesting. All three of us, all three of the AGS boys are all jumping on the Bills. So <laughs> we're all jumping on the Bills so you can jump on a table. Yeah, yeah. exactly I right. I appreciate the support, guys. Really do. <laughs> this is this is your time to beat it. They are just not quite the – it'll be a great game. Mahomes will do some Mahomes things, but they're just not quite at the level they have been the last few years. Um, they have a pretty similar hangover to the Eagles, who just lost to the Bucks. So uh, I can see it being very similar uh, this week for them. So where are you watching it, mate? Are you just going to be curled up at home, or? Yeah, it's. I mean, I think technically I'm meant to be working. I'm, I'm in the office right now, but I think uh, I really. Yeah. Mm. We'll see how we go, but yeah, I think. I got to clear it. I, I might watch it. I got a friend who um, who also goes for the bills, so we might just lock the doors, close the curtains, and stress out together. Interesting fact: Kansas City defense is one of the best defense in the league, but they've got one of the lowest rates of takeaways across the NFL. And I think that could be the difference. The Bills have a lot of takeaways this year, and the Chiefs don't. And I think it it could come down to that. Matters. I think for the Chiefs to end the season, they were ranked second in defense, which is huge. Mm. Put it down now. Bills defense are going to score off a Kansas City drop. It's going to come off hands. They're going to yep. drop it. It's going to bubble up. Bills defense scoop it up. Six points. Razul Douglas, if he's back, like he's trending the right way, but he has just been the absolute trade of the year for the for the Bills. We, and I we'd think... be pretty handy with him right now. I'm fucking. We when we traded him, we sucked too. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been good for both of us but I'd, I'd take it but yeah um, that's it boys I do want to point out that I just had my little my board as well says uh, beat 49ers and I've just got to tick that off this week so um, <laughs> thanks for coming on Charlie we appreciate it we'll, we'll set you up somewhere maybe in Fed Square come down to Melbourne we'll jump from pretty high and uh, we'll go all, through we'll some tables we'll get together next week it. Fed Square's relatively quiet at the moment as well with the Oz Open being on. It's like there's no yeah, one there. No one around. You want to shut the whole place to yourself. That's exactly, that's exactly what I want. The biggest audience possible. Great. <laughs> Excellent. That's awesome. Perfect. Good <laughs> luck to the Bills. Good luck to my Packers and uh, to all the fam out there. Good luck to your team, except for, obviously, the Eagles lost. So, bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, boys. Bye. Ah. Uh.